bullocks, 200 rams, 400 lambs for a sin offering for all Israel. 12 he goats according to the number of the tribes of Israel. And they set the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their courses for the service of God, which is at Jerusalem as it is written in the book of Moses. And the children of the captivity kept the Passover upon the 14th day of the first month. For the priests and the Levites were purified together. All of them were pure and killed the Passover for all the children of the captivity and for all their brethren, the priests, and for themselves. And the children of Israel, which were come out again of captivity and all as such had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel, did eat. And kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Let's pause for a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for who you are this morning. We thank you for all that we've been able to sing about you, Lord, and you are worthy of all our praise. We thank you that you are the glorified one, the exalted one. But Lord, we also thank you, Lord, that you are the very noble one. Lord, that you've made a way that we can come to you and know you and fellowship with you and be changed by you. Lord, I pray as we would come to this time in your word where you speak to us, that Lord, we would have ears to hear and hearts to receive and hands to apply that which you have for us this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would use me. I absolutely know, Lord, that there's nothing in and of myself that is worthy of being used by you apart from the Holy Spirit that lies within me. And Lord, I pray that you would give me strength in my weakness. Give me clarity. Lord, help me to say the things that need to be said. And Lord, would you stop my mouth from saying the things that don't need to be said, Lord. Lord, we want to hear from you. And Lord, we ask that you would move amongst us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are at what I'm going to call Dedication Sunday this morning. This is Dedication Sunday, and this is a Sunday that we've been building to. Believe it or not, whether you've been aware of it or not, this is a Sunday that we have been building to all the way through the book of Ezra, from chapter number 1 all the way through as we've watched the journey of the returning people as they're sent out by by the king, if you remember, because the king moved the heart, or God moved the heart of, of the king, the heathen ruler. And then he moved the heart of the Hebrew remnant to go back into the land. And we've seen their battles and how they started to build the temple and and how it fell away a little bit. And then they get back into it. Remember, God sent, sent prophets to tell them, remember who you are. Remember why you're here. What your purpose is. And and that was a very poignant message for us today. To remember who we are and what our message is and what our purpose is today. Because we are saved for a purpose. We're not saved to sit and feather our nest. We're saved for a purpose. That's the only reason God leaves us here. Because God loves us with the greatest love that there is. And somebody that loves you with the greatest love that there is would want you to be in the best place that there is. And that's heaven. So why does God not take us now? At the moment of our salvation, does he not take us to be with him in heaven? Because he has a purpose for us here on earth. And that purpose is to share the gospel, to tell others 
that they can be saved from their sin, saved from eternal hell through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the prophets were sent, as just as preachers are sent today, to remind the people who they are and, and what they're to be about. And they got back about the business, and remember, opposition came, but the Lord was with them. We now get to this portion in, in, at the end of chapter 6, and really it's kind of like the closing uh, verses of the first part of Ezra, because when we finish this, and again, the, the, you know, the verses and, and uh, chapters have been added later, but there. The, uh, at the end of chapter 6, between the end of chapter 6 and the start of chapter 7, there's, there's quite a break in time. And we're going to pick a, a little bit up and we're going to get into uh, Esther's time and all around that when we come back. So this is really kind of part one of the book of Ezra coming to completion. And it's kind of the, the pinnacle because what they were out to do, they have done. They have done. Maybe not completely and totally, but enough to say that the project is done. And there may be little bits that are done. And we get to this point where now they come and they dedicate the, the temple because it's been rebuilt. It's ready to be dedicated for the Lord, for his work, for his service. And it's a joyful time for the people of God because there is joy in dedication. Now, we must define our terms. Uh, dedication. Uh, the, the, the definition in the dictionary is this. So we'll go by the dictionary's definition this morning. It says, dedication is defined in the dictionary as the act of dedicating or the state of being dedicated. So it's defined as the act of dedicating or the state of being dedicated. So as God has brought us to this point this morning where we're going to see the temple dedicated we're going to have a look at the dedication we're going to see there's joy in dedication and we're going to see there is different types of dedication and we're going to absolutely apply what the Lord would have us dedicate ourselves to as the people of God so as we begin this morning we'll have a look through we'll unpack this together and we'll see that there is joy in dedication. So here's the first thing I want to say to you this morning that, and as we look at this, verses 16 and 17 of chapter 6. We're going to see the joyful act of dedicating places. The joyful act of dedicating places. Look at verse 16, Ezra 6. And the children of Israel, the priests, Levites, the rest of the children of the captivity, kept the dedication of this house of God with Joy, and they offered at the dedication of this house of God a hundred bullocks, etc., etc., etc. So I want you to notice straight away that this is a dedication of a place. The place, the temple, the house of God is being dedicated, and it's being dedicated uh, with joy. Um, and it says that there, doesn't it? In verse 16, they kept the dedication of this house of God with joy. This was a joyful time for these people to dedicate this house, to say this house is ready and fit for service for the Lord, to be used for the Lord's uh, work. And they did it, and this was a pattern in Old Testament. This happened with all of the places that were to be God's dwelling place. Every place was a dedicated place if God was going to be there. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 7. We're going to see that this is an Old Testament pattern that the place was dedicated and we can make a New Testament application to this and we will do. 
But number seven, verse number one, because now we go back to the tabernacle, the Lord's first earthly dwelling place. Tabernacle in the wilderness, that tent in the wilderness, number seven, verse one. And it came to pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle and had anointed it and sanctified it, all the instruments thereof, both the altar, all the vessels thereof, and anointed them and sanctified them. So everything's ready. It's been anointed. It's been sanctified. It's been made ready for the work of God. Verse 10, same chapter. And the princes offered for dedicating of the altar in the day that it was anointed. Even the princes offered their offering before the altar. What's going on there in number seven? It's being dedicated to the Lord and to his work. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 8. We'll see the same with Solomon's temple. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 63. It says, And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered unto the Lord, two and twenty thousand oxen, one hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. So as we look back in the Old Testament and the history of God's people in the Old Testament, they'll see that the place where God's presence was to be had to be dedicated. And they did that. And they dedicated to him for his service. It was anointed. It was sanctified, set apart for, for, for the worship of God. It was a place that was dedicated. And, you know, that's something that we do today. I was looking saying earlier on that I was looking back in old photographs of, of, of Milton and, and I was looking at, at and, and to be, it's a, this is quite ironic I'm not just saying this just to ham this up but I was looking at the pictures of when this was just a patch of ground okay and, and, and if you remember we went out there didn't we and, and we gathered around and literally I'm not even kidding you on the photographs I think I'm standing about here and JJ, a very young-looking JJ, is standing beside me. Um, Mike, he's not here this morning, so I can say this. Uh, Mike's standing there. Looks the same then as he does now. I think Mike was born at like the age he is. He just doesn't age. Anyway. But we were standing here, and this was a, just, a, just barren land, all gravel and muck and potholes and puddles and all that sort of stuff. And we dedicated the, the land. It was a dedication service and, 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 and the ground was broken. And uh, we dedicated this place and it was going to be a place where the Lord's house would be built and the Lord would be worshipped. And so people do it. We, we dedicate places today. And it's a, it's a time of joy and it was a time of joy. I was looking back at that picture, I've got to be honest, and at, at that time was looking at me going, and no way in my mind did I ever think I'd be here pastoring the place. I thought, I, I, helped, I helped get it built, but I'm not going to pastor it. But there you go. Um, but there's joy in dedicating places. Absolutely. Remember our, our definition for dedication? One of the first aspects of it was the act of dedicating a place or something. So there, there's, there's joy. There's joy. And, you know, one of the applications that I was thinking about with this in, in, in terms of a place being dedicated and the Old Testament pattern, now we're looking at places where the presence of God would dwell, reside. We call that the Shekinah glory of God. It was a place where his presence was manifested. And the place was to be dedicated. And I think about the New Testament. And I think about us. And the presence of God dwells not in buildings made with hands anymore but within the believer right our bodies are a temple of the holy ghost they've got to be dedicated 
to him, to his servant. Every part of you, from the top of you to the bottom of you, needs to be dedicated to the Lord. Just like in the Old Testament, they dedicated those places, those, those temples, we're to dedicate ourselves. And do you know what? That means we've got to look after ourselves. We've got to look after ourselves. We've got to look after our bodies. I say that because I joined the gym again and I'm flying. <laughs> but we do, we do. You know, God has given us this, this body to use it for his glory and for his purposes. And we have to look after it. We have to look after it. There's no shame in saying that. So there's, there's joy in, in dedicating places. But, but, dedicating a place is just a joyful act. It's just a joyful act. It's the first part of our definition. It's the joyful act of dedicating places. When we move on in Ezra, and here's a second thought, there's the joyful act of dedicating people. Look at verse 18 of Ezra 6. So they've dedicated the place, and there was joy in that. Now they're going to dedicate the people. Verse 18. And they set the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their courses for the service of God, which is at Jerusalem as is written in the book of Moses. So here the priests are set apart for the work, the temples there, they have the Levitical system and how to worship God. They have the Levites and they're set apart. They're dedicated to that dedicated place to do the work of God. They were set for service. And again, we do this today. Again, going back to my own example. I remember being on this stage, probably about the same position to be fair, um, being prayed over at my ordination. And, and what is ordination? It's really being dedicated into the work that God has called uh, that person into, whatever ministry they're in. You know, you, you dedicate that into that ministry that they will go on and they will serve the Lord. And, and really, as the priests were to do, they were to be about what the Lord had for them. So we do that with people. It's funny. This morning, this morning I, got a, I got an email. Because we, we, we dedicate babies don't we we've had babies and, and hopefully some of them will come up here and, and you know we don't do christenings here and and there's a reason we don't do christenings because again i don't think it's it's has biblical merit that's the first thing i think uh, we do uh baptisms for those that are old enough to understand what they're doing we do it by immersion and again that, that's the biblical pattern i absolutely believe that so we don't do do christenings but we do dedicate babies, and, and we bring them up, and, and that's what we're doing. We're dedicating the babies we're, we're into the service of God, and, that, and that's important. Got an email this morning saying um, from, from a lady that said, uh, are we still on for 2 o'clock today for the christening? I think you've got the wrong, wrong church, ducky. <laughs> See, see what I did there? Eh? It's coming, it's coming, I'm getting, it's coming back. Um, and she said, no, 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 it's, uh, it's the Church of Milton. And I said, no, there, I think you're looking for the, the Church of England up the road. There are more than one church in Milton. So it's our mission to make it known in Milton. We've got our sign. Did you see our signs this morning? Yeah. The, what, did you see the outside one? <laughs> did, you see the, did anybody see the outside one? Okay, we knew anyway. All right, well, on your way out, there's a big sign on, on up up when you go out and you look up from the street did you see the other one when you come in you like that that took me ages 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 anyway right so there's there's joy in dedicating 
people. There's no doubt. And, and it's, it's beautiful to have a, a child come up and, and to, to dedicate them and, and to have um, people come up and dedicate them into ministry. There's, there's joy in that. But we have to understand that, it, that we have to dedicate them into something or towards something. It's not just dedication for dedication's sake. Look at verse 18 again. It says, They set the priests in their divisions, the Levites in their courses, for the service of God, which is at Jerusalem, as it is written in the book of Moses. So notice that the guiding hand, if you like, is the word of God in all this. And that's the important thing because, you know, people get away and, and dedicate this and that and whatever, but we have to be doing it according to the word of God. And, and that's what we do. We, we pray that the parents, when we bring the babies up, we're, we're, we're really praying for the parents, that they will raise that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When we're bringing somebody up to dedicate them into ministry, we're following the biblical pattern of elders laying hands to put them into ministry according to the word of God. God. That's why we only put men in ministry, in, in pastoral ministry in this church, because we believe that's according to the word of God. We have to do it as God says. Whether we agree with it, dislike it, it doesn't really matter. So these priests are being uh, dedicated for the work of God according to the word of God. And there was joy in that. Can you imagine you're a Levite. This is what you're born to do. Literally. This is what you're born to do. This is, this is all you've ever dreamed of. The house of God is ready for full service. You as a priest of that God are ready for service. It's your moment. It's your time. And what a joyful occasion that would have been for all. What a moment of pride that would have been for the family. A joyful occasion, but yet still only an act. Still only a joyful act. There is joy in dedicating places. There is joy in dedicating people. But that is only an act. Where we want to get to, and this is where the rubber meets the road, this is where the truth of it is, verses 21 and 22, is the joyful attitude of dedicated purpose. The joyful attitude of dedicated purpose. Look at verse 21. Ezra 6. And the children of Israel, which were come again out of captivity, and all such as had separated themselves on, uh, unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel did eat and kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. We can dedicate places. We can dedicate people. But the bottom line is, it's all about the dedication of one's heart to the Lord himself. It's all about the dedication of one's heart to God, his work, and his will. And that is an attitude, not an act. It's an attitude. Here we find there in, in verses 20, well, this whole passage really, that they've the Passover has been observed, 14th of Nisan. This is the first time probably in about 70 years or so that they've been able to 
observe the Passover. So again, it, it, you know, it, it's all happening and that Passover marked their deliverance out of Egypt. That's what they celebrate. That's what they commemorate every year. Only there a couple of weeks ago um, is the deliverance of the Lord. It's a time of remembrance when the, the hand of the Lord was upon his people. And of course, that would have been a time of joy. And for us, when we think about Passover, we think about the Lord passing over our sins and pouring upon his son, his firstborn, if you like, you want to talk in spiritual terms, his only begotten. We're born again, we're, we're saved, delivered from the penalty that sin deserves, and you know that should bring joy to our hearts. You know, Easter should fill your heart with joy that you are saved from your sin. You know, at time to time, depending on what I see on television or um, what's on the news or whatever it may be, you know, I, I can I can go back to to my old life and start to think about the things that I did, the places that I went, everything, and 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 I just I'm totally amazed, totally amazed that God would save a sinner such as me. Amazed, amazed, amazed. And I used to look at that with shame. I used to look at it with shame. And God says you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you're a new creation. And now I look back with amazement, with amazement, that God would do that for me. And it should fill you with joy. Fill you with joy. Every single one of us that's born under this earth deserves the punishment of God. We're sinners by our very nature. By the things we think, the things we say, the things we do. There's no escaping that God sees our heart. And our hearts are wicked. Absolutely wicked. But yet he still saves us if we come to him. And that should fill us with overwhelming joy. That's the eternal blessed hope of the believer. That's why Christmas I can take or leave it. I love to celebrate the incarnation. But I rejoice in Calvary's cross my salvation was secured there your salvation was secured upon that cross and that should fill your hearts with joy because we're not if we're believers here this morning we're not like Israel because Israel when they celebrated the Passover they were celebrating the joy of a delivered past they were looking into the, the past and not to where they were now but where they were so many years ago when God had delivered them but for us today as believers, we're looking at the joy and dedicated and purpose knowing that the Lord has delivered us, is delivering us, and will finally one day totally deliver us from all sin, from all evil thoughts, from all the burdens, from all the troubles, from all the trials, because we are in him. That should fill us with joy this morning. And that joy should lead us into this dedicated purpose, this attitude of dedicated purpose to the Lord, to the one that has redeemed us. Not because we have to earn that redemption, but because we have been redeemed, because we've been made new creations in him, we are to live out that privilege for him. It is the least, let me say it again, it is the least that we could do. For the one who has wiped our slate clean. It's the least we can do. And, and if we're going to be about 
dedication. Here's the key. There has to come separation. Dedication for the believer comes about as a result of separation. I'm going to, I'm going to unpack this a little bit. Do you remember Roy Castle? Remember? <laughs> I love... <laughs> Do you, know, do you know who Roy Castle is, sir? I do you know what I know. What, I'm, you know what I love what, illustrations these days. They, they kind of depend on what area you're going. I'm old enough to do older ones now. Is like I get one part that goes, yes, Roy Castle. Oh, I remember Roy Castle. And then we get the new generation. They're like, Roy Castle, <laughs> record breakers. Yeah. Who knows the song? Who can remember the song? Kish. you need that's it if you want to be the best and you want to beat the rest oh dedication's what you need well Roy Castle had a point for for his time but what I want to say to you this morning is that separation 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 is the key if you want to be the best for Christ it requires separation um you know, because here's what happens. So look, let, let's go back in, in, into Ezra there. We see that they, they, verse 19, Ezra 6, they kept the Passover, 14th day of the first month. And then we get down to verse 22, and they say they kept the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven days. So after the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread starts. And, and we're going to have a look at this from Scripture. Exodus 12, turn there. Exodus 12, verse 15. Says this, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread, even the first day ye shall put away leaven from out of your houses. For whosoever eaten leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. So here we have the feast of unleavened bread. And what happened was, after the Passover, um, if you remember, Passover night and the Exodus, the Egyptians had pressed and the, the uh, remnant, the, the Hebrews, had fled, and they fled with what they, only the things they could have. So they, they were able to take dough, but it didn't have time to rise. So that then they baked it the next day. It was unleavened bread. It had no yeast. It had no leaven in it. We call that matzah bread. So those of you who did the cedar meal a couple weeks ago, we had some matzah. We had a matzah and horseradish, which I know you loved the land, didn't you? It was really nice. Um, but this, so this is what they did. They, and that matzah bread is a wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can look at that in your, in your own time. And um, So Passover commemorates their, their deliverance out of Egypt as the people are delivered out of Egypt. It speaks of delivery from their slavery on in Egypt. And leaven is a picture in the Bible of corruption, of sin. And, and we see that throughout Scripture. And, and, and what this uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread was, was them moving on. They came out of deliverance. Well, now it was about getting the world out of them. Egypt's a picture of the world. Exodus is about them getting out of the world. And there's a beautiful picture there for us. Leviticus is about the Lord getting the world out of them. And that's what the Feast of Unleavened Bread is. That's why the yeast, the leaven, the sin is removed. It's pictorial about what's going on. So with the Feast of Unleavened Bread, there's a picture of separation from the old life onto the new, from the slavery of, of sin, the masters they were under, to now this freedom and liberty they have in the Lord as they are to serve Him. 
Passover was one day, but the Feast of Unleavened Bread was seven days. Number seven is important in Scripture. It's a number of maturity or, or completion. Calvary was done once for all, forever. It was done and dusted. But this work of separation in the earthly life of God's people is an ongoing work. It's ever ongoing. And it is for us today as it was for those then. And to see sin come out of our lives, to to separate from it is what's required. And that requires dedication. It requires dedication. And not an act of dedication, but an attitude of dedication. That when the internal thoughts that are there that want to bring us back to the place that we were, to the people that we were, to do the things that we used to do and think the things that we used to do, we have to at an eternal level say, no, I am dedicated to the Lord. I'm not having this in my life. You're out sin. Before you were saved, you, you had no ability to do that from a spiritual sense. But God has given you every ability to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that you're ever going to be sinless in this life. But this work of sanctification is a dedication. And it's a dedication of separation. Look at verse 21 of Ezra 6. And and I love what this says. And this may be strong. But this is what we've got to do in the world today. Without a shadow of a doubt. This is what God wants us to hear this morning. Verse 21. The children of Israel. Let's substitute that and say. uh, For the believer today also that were come out of captivity we were once in captivity caught in our bondage of sin God has saved us he's delivered us just like he delivered the people of Israel and the word of God says and all such as had separated themselves from the filthiness of the heathen of the land we've got to separate ourselves from the filthiness of the heathen of the land. And this world, this land, is filthy. It's filthy. From, from top to bottom. It is corrupted. It is cursed. It is Im- Im- immoral. And it's getting worse. And we are to separate ourselves from that stuff. Not join ourselves to it. Now, now don't get me wrong. This is not isolation. This is not, that's just, Start a commune, draw up the the barriers and separate ourselves from the world in that sense. I mean, let's not partake. We're in the world, but not of the world. Our purpose is to go into the world and share the gospel. We can't do that if we're isolated. So this is not about isolation, this separation. But it's about separating our lives from the lives of the world so that we're not entangled with where the world wants to take us and how the world wants us to behave and how the world wants us to think because the world wants you to think in a certain way that certain things are okay, certain things are are no problem for God because God is progressive. God is not progressive. He is eternal, fixed and final and never changing. Never changing. We're to separate ourselves from the filthiness of the land. This is not an act. This is a state of dedication. This is not acting, uh, de- uh, dedicating a place or a person. This is the internal attitude of dedication. Of being separate to serve the Lord. And there's great joy in that. There's great joy in that. 
You know, many people when they when they get saved and they're or or you're witnessing to them about the Lord, they start to think about well, all these things that that that, that you know I can't do rules and regulations and all this sort of stuff. And they think, no, I'm not going to get involved in that. That's going to steal my joy. Not at all. Not at all. The things that you cling to outside of Christ are not joy bringers. They're not joy bringers. They're deceivers. They're deceivers. And when you dedicate your life and you have an attitude of dedication to serving the Lord, there is great joy in that. If you're here this morning, you're a believer, and you you know you've been in the place or in that place now where you serve the Lord, and and you've been out with others working in ministry, and you've been witnessing to people or whatever. The feeling that you get there is the joy of dedicated purpose, serving the Lord, and 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 that's what we're to do. We're to serve Him willingly, to love Him. Because he loved us. And if we want an example of dedicated purpose, if we want an example of the attitude of dedicated purpose, we look no further to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have remembered him, haven't we? Hung upon Calvary's tree. Why was he hung upon Calvary's tree? Because of the joy of dedicated purpose. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He In the garden, didn't he? His father, if there's any other way, take this, take this cup away. But thy will be done. The joy of dedicated purpose. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, there is joy in dedicating places. There is joy in dedicating people into ministry, into the care and admonition of the Lord, no doubt about it. But there is no greater joy than the attitude of dedicated purpose in those that belong to the Lord. If you're here this morning and you know him as your saviour, do you have the joy of dedicated purpose? What is your purpose? What are you dedicated to? To be dedicated to the Lord and his purposes may require some separation this morning from something in your life from someone in your life from a place in your life from an idol in your life for something you've been seeking and put your trust and faith and point your life to the Lord Jesus Christ because there is joy and dedication and we want to be joyful and be a joy unto our Lord who saved us so that we might serve him Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time in your word. And Lord, we thank you that your people were able to build your temple. I thank you, Lord, that they had joy in dedicating that place. I thank you, Lord, there was joy in dedicating the people of that place to the work of God. But Lord, we want to think about that joyful act of dedicated purpose. It does require us, Lord, to sacrifice. It does require us to separate from the things that would take our time, our thoughts, our energies, our desires. And Lord, fully give ourselves to you. Well, we live in a world that's a cesspit 
of wickedness and depravity. Lord, we're salt and light. We're to be out there sharing the gospel. We're to be in the house of God building each other up. We're to be in each other's lives through the week, fellowshipping, sharing. We're doing life together where we can. Lord, we're better together. I thank you, Lord, for this place. I thank you, Lord, that we were able to meet ten years ago in this very spot and dedicate this land to you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you've been with the congregation here through those ten years, that you've provided, Lord, that the church mortgage is paid off and glory to your name for that. I thank you, Lord, for the many people that have been dedicated into ministry from this building, Lord, this place. I thank you for the Bible college and the fruit that it's produced. Lord, all those things are are good and they are great, but Lord, they're just acts. I pray, Lord, as you search our hearts this morning that you would Help us to have the attitude of dedication. Not to a place, not to a person, but to a purpose. Your purposes. The great commission. Lord, will you help us, each and every one of us. Lord, we know that without you we can do absolutely nothing. But Lord, with you. Surrender to you, separated unto you, dedicated unto you. We can do all that you have for us. So Lord, will you help us to have the joy of dedication in our lives? In Jesus' name.